Hi, I'm Talissa. And I'm Rachel, and this is Transatlantic Crime, a true crime podcast that covers stories from each side of the pond. Every week, we will both cover a separate story with a running theme. Disclaimer, this podcast will contain swearing and details that some people may find offensive. If you are of a sensitive disposition, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Transatlantic Crime. Hi, long time no see. I know, right? How is the Emerald Isle? Back to your roots. Back to my roots, back to the old country. Uh, to our <laughs> listeners, I was in Ireland for 10 days to help my sister who was assaulted. And yeah, yeah it wasn't a fun trip. I hadn't been back to Ireland for about 11 or 12 years. Did you ex- did you expect a fucking ticker tape parade? <laughs> No, I didn't want any of that. I wanted to get in, get out, and leave it behind Like me. an MIA-5 spy. Yeah. <laughs> Minimal contact. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I've been up to. That's one of the reasons why we didn't have an episode last week. But thanks for joining us this week, everyone. What have you been doing, Talissa? We're back. Um, what have I been doing? Um, so I watched the... House of the Dragon or House of Dragons, whatever mm. the fuck it's called. The yeah. Game of Thrones prequel. And so I've just been like watching Game of Thrones again for like the third time <laughs> all week. And it's made me want to drink red wine because obviously that's all yeah. they do in it. Oh, yeah. Everyone's <laughs> always got a fucking wine on. So like I've been drinking red wine and then today I've got this like, again, impending sense of doom. So we're going out for dinner tonight and. I'm going to try not to drink. And also I've got to go and see my dad, who I haven't seen in like eight months tomorrow. So Mm. I really don't need a hangover for that. Like no one needs that. Keep your head clear. Fucking try and keep my powder dry and just be good tonight. It's a bank holiday here on Monday. So this will be coming out on the bank holiday. Ooh. Yeah. And like my nephew is going to a festival and I was like, I think it was Sam Fender who was playing on the Sunday. And I was like, God, I wouldn't okay. mind seeing Sam Fender. God, but not on a Sunday. And he went, no, it's silly Sunday, isn't it? I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> that takes me back. <laughs> Do you want to explain what silly Sunday is in England? You know what it is, don't you? I know. <laughs> it's a big deal. No, it's it's basically when you have the Monday off work, bank holiday. So you treat yeah. Friday night, Saturday night and Sunday night the same. <laughs> Because <laughs> basically the Saturday, the Sunday is the, is also like a Saturday because you've still got Just a day off. chaos. Fucking chaos. chaos. The pubs do like silly deals, like fucking two shots for a fiver. Like it just gets yeah. maniacal. Chaos. Yeah. So, <laughs> and this is like, I think I'm pretty sure this is the last bank holiday we have. Is before, it? Before Christmas. I'm almost 100% sure oh. it is. Yeah. So if you're nursing a hangover today, good for you. Yeah. Hope you're all right. Hope you yeah. had a great silly Sunday. Silly Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking stupid. It was a big deal, though, when I was younger and could handle it. Oh, yeah. Of course. It was a big deal. Yeah. Like, just filling your weekend with alcohol. Alcohol-fueled weekend. You know, and you were like, oh, my God, I just wish there were two Saturday nights, you know? Now yeah. there is. <laughs> 
now when I look at that, we have a, a holiday coming up soon too, the week after the, this one. Oh, is it Labor Day? Yeah, Labor Day. Yeah. Now I'm like, ooh, two Saturdays, I can sleep, I can go to sleep yeah, early. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like jamming in visits to like elderly relatives before they die, basically. <laughs> That's another thing that you get to do when you when you get older. You get to like yeah. ram in visits to family that you haven't seen for so long because you were pissed every weekend. <laughs> when you're no longer taking silly Sunday in account into account, you're just visiting yeah. old relatives and sleeping in. That's what your week your long weekend is. Yeah, I'm I'm also learning piano as well. Very excited oh. about that. It's like shit to not be good at something immediately but I'm learning in like really baby steps and I am learning but it's yeah. kind of like I kind of feel like when old people do crosswords to like stop themselves going senile like I'm like I've got to do something other yeah. than just like watching reruns of shows I've already seen <laughs> <laughs> I need to use my brain I can't yeah. let it melt in my 30s I can feel it going and like running out of my nose <laughs> That's fun. I took piano for, I think, seven years. Okay, so you can play piano. I can play piano. Yeah, like loads of people go, oh, I'm only like a grade five, I like, can't even play. And it's like, yes, you can. I can't even, <laughs> I don't even know where C is. <laughs> I was always jealous of the people who could hear a song and then play it like I can't do that I can read music and I can learn to play it from reading it and practicing but I can't do that thing where someone just listens to a song and starts playing it on the piano okay well I what I would answer to that is I'm almost the opposite so I can't read music for shit but I could probably <laughs> guess what the chords were but yeah. that's because I learned guitar without music mm -hmm. but then I would also argue, when I say I could guess the chords, I mean very roughly. I don't mean like I hear it and play it. But then the percentage of people that can do that are like minuscule. Yeah. <laughs> They're like X-Men. <laughs> yeah. It's okay to be jealous of those people, I think. They're magic. That's all yeah. I can say about them. They're magic. People who can just do a backflip or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like they aren't normal people. No. They have skills. But I bet they'd struggle to do a bloody true crime podcast every week, eh? <laughs> <laughs> like not really <laughs> probably can't do that can they we can do that ah can't talk shit for seven minutes <laughs> um i did want to talk about some things that i've been watching i know you watch this too and i want to hear mm -hmm. your thoughts on it untold the girlfriend <gasps> that didn't exist oh god i cried my fucking eyes out at the end of that yeah. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, everybody, then fucking watch it now. It's, like, so wholesome. If you didn't cry or shed any type of tears at the end of that, you have no heart. You're an inhuman monster. Like You was... are. You are <laughs> he, cold. He's the nicest man that ever walked the earth. He really is. It just got fucked so hard. You probably remember the name of this, but I remember when I was in America the first time, obviously you get different stuff on Netflix and mm -hmm. there's an e ESPN show. Is it called 30 for 30? Yes. That's kind of similar, isn't it? In that it like looks at sports, the stories behind sports people. I really think that Netflix is doing their own version of 30 for 30 with this absolutely that's exactly yeah. what i thought i was like you've stolen this format because i've seen it <laughs> elsewhere yeah <laughs> like we can talk but still right 
And there's also an incredible one, the woman that you covered. Deal with the devil. That's what hers is called. That's what it, and it's about Christy Martin, who her husband at the time tried to murder her. And go back and listen mm-hmm. to our episode that we did that on. It's, mm-hmm. And watch it. It's a great watch, too. It's really well made. All of It's the really uncle, great. They are gripping is how I would describe them. Yes. And I yeah. don't use that term flippantly. <laughs> That's the difference with... 30 for 30 and Untold is, I think Untold is mainly like true crime type stuff. 30 for 30 Mm. is just across the board an interesting sports story. Like it could be true crime. It could be an amazing inspirational story. But Untold are specifically sports, true crime, bizarre, crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, the 30 for 30 ones, I picked out the true crime. Right. To watch. (laughs) So I didn't really realize that there were other ones. But yeah, Untold. I'm going to watch the rest of them because I think they're all going to be pretty good. Yeah, but I definitely recommend that. And then I made a little mini video this week about John McAfee. Yes. Good shout out. We have started a TikTok. Yes. So everyone go (laughs) and follow our TikTok where it's only been Talissa so far. I was going to do it while I was in Ireland, but I just ran out of time but and spirit probably um, <laughs> and spirit i should say i sent talissa a video of my hotel room and there was a wall across from it that lines a cemetery and talissa looked up the cemetery's history so maybe we'll post that on tiktok after all i just didn't yeah. get to go in because it was closed but That's yeah follow us on tiktok I'm no expert. I'll say that. Like, I'm really dabbling, like, in shit I don't know anything about. We'll say that about every single episode of Transatlantic Crime. We are no experts, but (laughs) thank you for listening. (laughs) Thanks, anyway. People have been really sweet, though, so far on TikTok. They've been really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people are liking the videos. People are watching them. People are watching them. Like, that's great. (laughs) So, yeah. I'm loving it. They're they're good fun. And the John McAfee one, in that I mentioned, because there's a new Netflix documentary, which I thought I had seen. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not correct. I have seen the documentary that they are making the documentary about. Oh. Yeah. So they're basically talking about when they went to make a documentary with John McAfee. Hmm. And okay. there's so much more footage in it that I'm, than I have ever seen of him. I thought he was just eccentric. No, yeah. he's fucking crazy. He's nuts. He's fucking nuts. Like, is he? I don't even know if he's dead. Like, I haven't even looked it up. I don't know. Maybe so we look, should. Uh... No, I don't want to ruin the end of the documentary just in case he does die at the end of it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the, well, in the, this documentary, he's like 70 something. He doesn't look it. He looks mm-hmm. great. Like, yeah. he looks like, he probably looks about 50, if I had to, like, put an age on him. And he, explain to our listeners who he is. So, you probably had on your computer McAfee Security, and it's like an yeah. antivirus program. Yeah. And he invented that, but he used to work for NASA before that, and, like, on hacking stuff and security stuff. So, he's really good with computers and really good with hacking. But you never know if he's telling the truth. Like, he says mm. stuff like, oh, I've hacked all of the Belize government's computers. And you're like, can you do that? I guess you can. <laughs> if, you made an, if you made an antivirus program, then I guess you know how to stop people. That's but, true. So he must know how to do it. Like, you need to know how to do it to be able to 
stop it. Yeah, that's true. He says such weird stuff, but he's very charming. Like, even though he's um, a billionaire or a millionaire, I don't know, but he's extremely rich and he addresses everybody as like sir and ma'am, which is quite respectful and like disarming. Yeah, right. And these days. But then, yeah, but then he'll get like really angry suddenly and then be really oh. scary or he'll be like, right, I don't want to talk anymore. And just like, you know, he's just bizarre to watch. Yeah. He's great documentary yeah. fodder. It's not surprising they made a documentary out of him. But the one I was watching, so I don't know if it'll be included in this documentary, but if it isn't, it's a fucking travesty. So he was on Belize, right? He he moved to Belize. It's where loads of people retire to because it's mm-hmm. extremely hot and like in the Caribbean, uh, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, it's in South America or Central America. It's Central America. I went there in 2015. Oh, I yeah. really want to go. Like my mum was, my mum was there when she was 17 and she got married. That's oh, a whole wow. other story for a whole other day. Oh, yeah. But I think you've mentioned that before. <laughs> yeah. So I want to go see what she was living in when she was 17. Let's go. Yeah, we should fucking go. But anyway, people go because they speak English there, and yeah. it's pretty english isn't it they've got red post boxes and- uh i think some parts is it's quite colonized yeah but yeah um i stayed on an island that really wasn't we didn't have power during the day <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah but so he went to belize yeah yeah so he a lot of expats kind of go there and yeah he his neighbor was found shot execution style and mm. then john mcafee went on the run and he had been known in the past to threaten his neighbor. So okay. he's like, oh, the the Belize government want me and like, it's not fair and stuff. And you're like, dude, just did you kill this guy or not? And he never says right. no. And he never says oh. yes. And it's just like, <laughs> what the fuck? But yeah, the one I watch in that they speak to sex workers who worked in Belize. And they were like, yeah, he liked you to cut a hole in hammock and then shit on him. I might have already met your face. <laughs> I think I might have already mentioned this. You did on TikTok. That's what you mentioned on TikTok. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, I think Netflix should hire me because like, what kind of trailer is that? <laughs> I think I've said before on this podcast that like, because me and my friend Sarah really like true crime. So it came up yeah. a while ago and I was like, oh yeah, he likes people to shit on him. And then she was like, I don't know, how much money would it take for you to shit on someone? And she was like, "Mm, I don't know, maybe like a grand? I was like, I'd shit on some people for free. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I remember speaking about it before. (laughs) And then I think I asked you your price, but I don't think you were forthcoming. (laughs) I can't remember. We should ask listeners if they remember that conversation. But I don't even want... I think probably... I probably gave the same reaction as I'm giving now, which is like, I don't even want to think about it. And two, I don't want to do that in front of anyone. So <laughs> again, like I said, there's people I would fucking shit on for no money. So. Yeah, that's that's also true, though. I mean, I if I don't know, I, I'm like speechless <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, that was the part of the doc. You're like, you know, when you're just like watching a documentary and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, pardon? Yeah. <laughs> what? Keep rewinding it. Hello? Like, you're what now? You like to do what in a what? So uh, yeah. 
also he has an 18 year old girlfriend like only just 18 in it which is super Mm. creepy yeah i don't like that he promises her the world and so then just like royally just fucks off which is okay not nice are we surprised Uh, no i mean his yeah his attitude to women in it is unhealthy am i surprised (laughs) i know right (laughs) it's red flag central up in there Although, um, don't, if you're going to watch the documentary, you don't want spoilers, then skip ahead 20 seconds. Okay. But okay. it's not too much of a spoiler, like, at all. But one minute you see him with this 18-year-old, and you're like, oh, they're really in love. And then, like, the next minute, she's not around anymore, and it's this woman who he just literally, like, apparently the first night he landed back in Miami, he met her, and then, like, the next day they were married. She's just, like, to camera. She's just like... Yeah, like, I was with my pimp, but then he offered to marry me, so I was just like, sure. Uh, okay. She just, like, fucking marries a millionaire. <laughs> it's so amazing. Wow. All right. Well, I guess she's living the dream. She was like, fuck you, pimp. It's a twisty doc. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get into that. It sounds amazing and crazy and... A fucking weird watch. Yeah. Okay, and that's on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. One more shout out for a Netflix doc, the one I recommended to you about aliens. Yes, which I started oh. watching almost immediately. I can't, have you got it over there? I found it on Tubi, and I think it's also okay. on Peacock TV or something like that. What's the title again? As soon as you type in the title, yeah. it'll, it'll come up on several different websites. It's on Netflix in the UK, and it's called Confessions of an Alien Abductee. And I said to you, like, I've seen some crazy shit, but this is fucking 24 karat gold, bottle of twats, mental. (laughs) Yes. It's a good shout out because sidebar, I'm going to do a Patreon episode with your housemate Carly and we're going to talk about aliens. Yeah, she fucking loves them. And when we found the documentary, I was like, oh my God, Carly, have you seen this? She was like, I've seen it three times. (laughs) And she was like, there's a woman on there who thinks she gets abducted every time she has KFC and aliens steal her cigarettes. (laughs) I was like, get it on. Press play now. (laughs) I mean, if if you're having a bad day, this will cheer you the fuck up. Okay. The thing I love most about alien abductees is that they always draw what's happened. And you're like, yes, that's not a photo. That is a proof. (laughs) That's a drawing. (laughs) Right. And it even shows one of the guys like going to pick up crayons going, oh yeah, this is perfect colour for the alien. That's exactly the colour the alien is. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Oh no. Oh, and he's like a Labour MP. He's a member of parliament. (laughs) This is who you've elected. This is who is in government. Some fuckers elected him. But then I think he got fired because of his views about aliens. And... He also says that he has sex with some of the aliens and he says that like publicly and his wife gets annoyed and it, oh God, just put it on. (laughs) Put it on now. That's a great review. Everyone should watch it. What did you think? (laughs) I only started watching the first five minutes and it was like, they start talking about an alien abductee support group, which to have a, to me, to have a support group, there has to be an adequate amount of people to have an actual group there's loads they have like a fucking gala dinner wow and just that england is such a small country and to have like a big group of alien abductees like i gotta look into it on if that exists in america i'm 
actually i'm a thousand percent sure (laughs) but like to that like with a gala and like government officials i would bet my left hip that goes on in america yes yeah i I would bet my house (laughs) yeah come on it is a bloody good laugh if you need one but that's because i personally find it really funny but yeah. I mean, if you are, if you do believe that you have been abducted by aliens, then maybe it's educational. I don't know. Maybe you found your people. <laughs> That's what me and Carly are going to discuss after this, because oh clearly God. we can't talk about it with you, Talissa, because you'll just <laughs> laugh the whole time. Old skeptic, Talissa. <laughs> I would. I couldn't help myself. But yeah, you know, to each their own. So, what is your story this week? Yeah, let's get into our episode this week. We've been talking for a good 25 minutes Uh about shit. Well, quite literally. (laughs) Quite literally. So here we are with the actual episode, which because I was in Ireland, I decided to do an Irish story this week. This is just a special one-off episode about the Republic of Ireland and a story that happened in Galway City where I was staying In one of the hotels that I stayed in, my sister was like, oh, there was a murder that just happened over there. And she pointed at the train tracks and she was like, yeah, it was just over there. Oh, my God. Does she know? She knows you like true crime, right? Yeah, she does. Yeah. So she probably just mentioned that innocently without thinking that you would the next (laughs) second Wikipedia it to death. (laughs) I asked, I was like, was there any famous murders that happened around here and she was like oh yeah it just happened just over there but it was weird that it just so happened that we were in that area where she could just point to it and be like yeah it just happened right over there wow so you've been you've been to this place oh yeah and also i should say galway city is tiny you can walk Mm -hmm. across it in less than an hour Mm -hmm. and you will have seen most things okay yeah, another couple of things about Galway City. That's where the famous Clada ring was created. Do you know what the Clada ring that is? is? No. It's the famous ring where it's two hands holding a heart. <gasps> That's so nice. I love that. Yeah. So Clada is was this tiny village and that's where it was invented and uh if you wear one when the point of the heart is pointing to you, it means that you are taken and when it's pointing out, it means that you are single. So everybody should that. have to wear one of those. <laughs> I mean it. It's a really good system. Yeah, sure. If you want to let people know, although I don't think anyone would look at a clatter ring now and be like, yeah. oh, that person's single. It's probably a bit of a dead art. Yeah. I want to bring it back. Even now, I think people don't even notice if you're wearing a wedding ring or not. I always clock a wedding ring. There's some people that really do, but... I was one of the people that I never looked and I never noticed. Okay, so yeah, that's where the famous Clatter Ring was invented. If you walk around Galway City, then there's a couple of shops there with the Clatter Ring outside of it. And all that to say that Galway City is a, a really beautiful, small, friendly city lovely to walk around, lovely to visit. A lot of I students come every year, a lot of tourists come because it's also where they say a lot of the tribes of Ireland originated Mm. so like famous names like Kelly Martin um what were some of the other ones they were all on this I just want to say them in an Irish accent 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> Thank you very much, Rachel. <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really nice city. And we're going to talk about what happened back in 2007. So not too long ago. Ooh, no, it's not too long ago. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Manuela Rado was born November 5th, 1989. She was the only child of Hans Peter and Arlette Rido. They lived in a small rural village of Hinterkapellen in Switzerland. So I look at her life and childhood and I think it would be very similar to someone who grew up in a tiny village in Ireland outside of the city. It wasn't too far. She grew up not too far from the capital of Switzerland, which is... What's the capital of Switzerland? Oh, fuck. Uh, you know it, Do don't you? Know? you? No, yeah. I've, fucking, I've fucking been there. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. Is it Goetz? Goetz? It's Bern. No, I've been e -E there. E-E-R-N. No. <laughs> no, I've not been there, no. So that's where her, she and her family are from. As a child, Manuela was part of a dance studio and she loved music. When she was a teenager and she started thinking about what work she wanted to get into, uh, at 16 years old... She completed a work placement through her school where she worked as an apprentice with a social outreach service that helped prisoners and offenders reintegrate into society. She also worked with families of those serving prison sentences. So Manuela was a super sweet girl, really hardworking, and wanted to help people yeah, through her job. Really, what's that word? Is it phila philanthropic? When you're, like, yeah. good to people. I stretched myself <laughs> too far. One, yeah, that's one way to put it. She was philanthropic. Is that even how you pronounce it? Oh, I'm embarrassing myself today. <laughs> we both are. What's with the yeah. shame? <laughs> no, we are no. no, no, no. If you're a philanthropist, it's like Bill Gates is known as a philanthropist. It's like you're good to the people kind of thing. Do you know what, Rachel? I'm going to be confident in my... Uh, I don't even know what the fucking word is. Just carry on with the story. Your word choice. <laughs> no, like, I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna be confident in my convictions. Like I, I'm, I know what that means. Like, why am I doubting myself? I need to have yeah. the mentality of a fucking overconfident white man. Come on. We are smart, strong women who don't <laughs> need to question or doubt ourselves. Uh, would a white man ever go? Am I right? I don't know if I'm right. I should probably Google it. Yeah. <laughs> Not in a million years. So, Just listen yeah. to any podcast hosted by a man and you will not exactly. find that. But here, it's rife. We're oh my rife God, I was, with it. I was only fucking right as well. You the are. desire to promote the welfare of others expressed especially by the generous donation of money to good causes. Okay, the money thing was maybe a bit off, but yeah. <laughs> she does have a desire to promote the welfare of others. So yes, does. I'm, I'm sticking with it. Yeah, she was only a teenager, though, so I don't know if, if money was a part of that. Um, yeah. But all that to say that she was just, she wanted to help people. She was a super sweet, hardworking girl, even as a teenager. So after that, Manuela decided that she wanted to work on her English. She did not speak English, uh, and neither did her parents and probably a lot of her small village that she came from. She had hoped that this would help her in, her in the future to find work. One of her plans was to go to San Diego and work in the hospitality industry, and she thought that learning English would help her do that. Nice. So at 17, she wanted to focus on finishing her schooling and 
learning English, and she found a course in Galway City in Ireland that would help her do this. Manuela, with her parents' approval, applied to the Galway Language Center, which was a two-week language and cultural stay that would enable her to be in a group of around 40 Swiss students who would travel to the west of Ireland and they would work on their English and they would explore and see the sights and experience Ireland and the west of Ireland. That so sounds so I've, fun. It sounds, especially at 17, like you'd be yeah. so excited to do that, to leave your tiny village and go yeah. check out this really nice, small, super safe city, Galway City before this. And even now, it's probably one of the safest cities I bet. in Europe. And Irish people are just lovely. So they are. Yeah. Really are. friendly and like welcoming and chatty. Exactly. Helpful, lovely, friendly. They will talk to you no matter Up what. Up for a laugh. Uh, like, you could take the piss out of a stranger and they'll just be like, oh, you. <laughs> yeah. We were at the bus stop in Galway City. We were at, we went to the doctor's office at one point, me and my sister. And this old lady just started talking to us about Aww. whatever was on her mind. Aww. And then she just, she just walked off. And in my head, I was like, that's Ireland for you. Someone will just tell you a story and then walk off. My sister was like, that happens every time I'm at this bus stop. <laughs> different person or same lady? Different. Different Amazing. person. Yeah. Every time. Just an old person telling you a story and walking off. That's, That's it. That just sounds great. I love old people. Yeah. And just friendly and open. That's Galway. This was Manuela's first time away from her parents as well. So she was excited for that. Her parents, I'm sure, were very nervous to let her go. She was 17 years old. And this was the first time she was traveling alone outside of her small village in Switzerland. So big deal. Yeah. Um, she was very excited for her trip. She even bought Irish music CDs to prepare and get into the Irish oh, that's spirit. so cute. Yeah. She left for Ireland on October 5th, 2007, along with a group of 43 pupils and two teachers. They stayed with the Tierney family in Renmore, an area within walking distance to Galway City Center. Again, super small city, very easy, very walkable. Everyone walks everywhere. Mm -hmm. The group spent the first few days acclimating to their surroundings, getting familiar with the area. It didn't take them very long to learn the shortcuts into the city center. There's shortcuts everywhere, by the way. And a few of the local and popular pubs. On Monday, October 8th, Manuela and her group took their first English class. It was three hours long. Afterwards, the group made plans to celebrate their first class by meeting at the popular King's Head Pub on High Street that evening. The group planned to meet at 8 p.m. King's Head Pub is one of the more well-known pubs. It's right on the high street. That's where all the tourists go. There's sometimes a Kaylee band or just any nice. kind of... Sometimes there's like rock music or there's usually a band playing at some point during the week. For people that aren't in the UK, like there's a King's Head in every town, in every... There is. Like there's a King's Head pub in Andover. There's a King's Head pub in Bristol. It's just up the road. In fact, I think there's yeah. like two of them in Bristol. So you get confused as to which one you go into. Like... <laughs> The King's Head, they've got one everywhere. Exactly. Very well known. It's like bright red too, so you can't miss it in the, mm -hmm. the city center. 
So a little before 7.30 that evening, Manuela left her host family. She possibly took the shortcut near the train tracks and the underpass just minutes from the main hub of the city. However, she never arrived at the pub. Yeah, this is where it starts to get horrible. The next day, a local artist, Sam Bearden, was walking to work at his studio at about 9.15 in the morning. He walked that way the night before, like the opposite way home, and he didn't notice anything. But this morning, he came across a rucksack lying in the mud. Next, he saw a purse not far from the rucksack. And so he was just kind of following this trail of things. And finally, Mm -hmm. he noticed, in quotes, something pale several meters away. As he moved closer, he realized that it was a semi-naked body The upper half and face covered by a coat, which was held down by a rock. Fuck. He immediately dialed 999, and when the guardie, that's the Irish word for police, when they arrived, he escorted them to the location of the body down a steep embankment close to the railway line. So pretty grim discovery and very shocking. Mm. Like, these kinds of things never happen around Galway. Um, or generally, like, I don't even know how much it happens where it's just, like, an unsolved murder in Ireland. I mean, if you were a dog walker in the forest, then you might be like, I'm definitely going to see a body today. But if you're just yeah. walking on your way to work, I don't think you'd expect to see one, you know, like, just on the train lines. like. But even that, like, I think you and I, if we were walking in the forest in Bristol or in Los Angeles... That would be on our minds. I'm going to find a body today. You don't think that in Ireland because it's so nice. There's Mm. not a lot of people. You don't think that you're going to stumble upon a body. It's just not something that's on people's minds. It's just so clearly a murder as well. Like with the placing of the body and the objects and the coat over her face with a rock. Right. And it being a young person, maybe you might understand if it was... An old person that keeled over, but yeah, this wasn't the case. Yeah. So Dr. Dennis Higgins was called. He arrived at 1045 a.m. He noted that the pupils of Manuela were fixed and dilated. She had no pulse and she displayed an abrasion on the left side of her forehead and bruising on her clavicle. She was pronounced dead at 1105 a.m. I mean, she was dead, but that's when they pronounced her dead Mm -hmm. around this same time manuela's class had noticed her missing and had noted that she had not attended their group meetup the night before the two teachers they reported her missing unbeknownst to them that her body had already been discovered at this point they were notified along with manuela's parents Um, her parents did not speak english and so throughout this whole process they had to be provided with a translator, which I think is just makes things 10 times worse that you have to wait for that information to be fed yeah, to you. Yeah, definitely. I think How they confusing speak, and frustrating. I think they speak French in Switzerland. Switzerland, they mix. speak German, French, and Italian because it's in the middle oh, of God. all of those. At least it's something that you know you would think like a lot of people would speak German, French, and Italian. Mm-hmm. it's not like an obscure yeah. so one of the teachers in the group Kimberly Kramer Bershey 
she had to go to the morgue that night to identify Ooh. Manuela's body because obviously oh my God, that's horrifying. Right? Yeah, exactly. Manuela had been in Ireland only three days. Oh. Yeah. The fucking bad luck on that. I also, again, this is another case where I was reading articles and they were a little bit victim blamey. What? Yeah. One of the articles that I read was like, the group were told that they should not walk alone at night and... She did not listen to that or, you know, something along oh that line. Oh, my God. How about you don't murder? Again. Let's just pop that <laughs> out there. Yeah. <laughs> something that I've learned about Ireland, and I think if you go th- to a lot of rural places, just anywhere in the world, they're a lot more traditional and patriarchal, mm. borderline misogynist in their thinking. Old-fashioned. Because they're small villages. Old-fashioned. Yeah, exactly. So to read... Something like that in an article, I wasn't very surprised, but yeah. that's beside the point. A forensic team were flown out from Dublin Garda headquarters, including Dr. Marie Cassidy. She's kind of a badass. She was the first female state pathologist in Ireland at Hell the yeah, she was. She wrote an account that was pretty interesting that I used for research. It's for the Irish Examiner, and it's the article, if you want to look it up, is called Shame on Us, Dr. Marie Cassidy Reflects on the Murder of Manuela Rido. And Talissa, this is also another book recommendation for you. She wrote a book called Beyond the Tape, The Life and Many Ooh. Deaths of a State Pathologist. So oh, that sounds great. look up that book. Yeah. Yeah, well. She and others traced the footsteps of Manuela on the shortcut and to the area that she was found, which was not far from like a well-known area where people would go and drink or have sex or do drugs. It was just a well-known area for that. Okay. They took photos and they gathered as much as evidence as they could in the area and they took swabs of trace evidence from Manuela's body, obviously. Mm-hmm. But also just to say like, this is what Dr. Marie Cassidy wrote in her article, which was that because it was a well-known area for, like, you know, every every town and city has yeah, areas the rough like bit. this. Yeah. Yeah. So there was just beer bottles and beer cans and condoms all over. Oh. So it was a little bit hard to be like, oh, yeah, this is Fuck. one of the evidence. This is a piece of evidence. Like, you wouldn't know if that was there a week ago or not. Mm. And maybe the assailant knew that, that it was going to be like a messy crime scene. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they could be just fucking mad, but like if they were thinking, then... He probably knew that it was just a known area that was just hidden. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's one of the main points of one of uh, that kind of area is that it's hidden from places. So you could do illicit activity if you wanted to. Yeah. So I'm very sure he knew that. Yeah. Um, forensics were able to tell from her stomach content that Manuela had died within two hours after she had had dinner with her host family between 5.30 and 6 p.m. So pretty much as soon as she left the house, around half seven, she died almost immediately afterwards. Did they which, tell you how she died? Uh, she was strangled. Oh, what, like manually or with a uh, ligature? Or do they not say? I believe it was manually. Yeah. There wasn't, um, like, a rope or anything like that. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, just the guy who did it is we'll, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Okay. Gardy spent the week after Manuela's murder examining files on suspects for previous physical and sexual assaults in Galway City and surrounding towns. Uh, this included them using the, it's called a VICLAS, V-I-C-L-A-S, the Violent Crime Linkage Analysis System, which was a computer developed by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police in the early 90s to compare different crimes for similarities, which ah. I just thought was interesting. They have VICAP um, in America, which is like the same thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. So one such man that they zeroed in on was 29-year-old Gerald Barry of Rossen Glass, Rahoon. Barry had spent a lot of his life in and out of jail with assault charges against both men and women, and he was known to have substance abuse issues. Barry was seen in the area that night and was rumored to have acquired items that Manuela was known to have on her at the time. So he just stole from her. Yeah. Also, about two months before Manuela's murder, he had also raped and threatened to murder another woman, a 21-year-old student from who was visiting from France. Oh, um, you're a real piece of shit. He's a piece of shit, and this is also a comment on the Galway City Police and their bad handling of things, which I have mm-hmm. personal experience with now. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He, this woman was raped and she reported it and it was not taken seriously. And that is oh. what I will well, this say is about what that. Happens. It wasn't, this like, is, this exactly is what, happens what happens when you, when you don't take assaults on people seriously because criminals escalate. Yep. What do you exactly. want? Like you want it to turn into a murder before you fucking do anything about it. Well, yeah, I have so much to say about that, but I can't say the anything about it right now i don't want to make things worse for anybody yeah well maybe at some point you can yeah and that's kind of why i did want to tell this story just to shed light on a sit a place where people think is amazing and safe and there are still bad things that happen there and how they are dealt with should be looked at Mm -hmm. the end amen okay (laughs) While he was in custody, so they went and they arrested him at his home. I think he lived with his parents. Guardy used a helicopter to rush DNA samples taken from Barry and a condom that was discarded at the murder scene to a forensic laboratory in Dublin. That's quite exciting. A a helicopter. Yeah, Yeah, Um, fucking hell. The results, yeah. The results provided a full match and Barry was arrested for the rape and murder of Manuel Laredo. The immediate aftermath of her death was seen as a huge blow to the image of Galway, which is considered one of the safest cities in Europe, as I keep saying, especially for teenage language students. Again, so many students come there year after year. This is about the time when students are starting to come in. And it also, this is taken from an article, it also highlighted the severe underfunding of services for sexual assault victims in the West of Ireland. So what I was just talking about, basically. Mm -hmm. So at trial, Manuela's parents listened through a translator of the account of what happened to their daughter that night. Again, just horrible. Yeah. Barry pled not guilty, claiming that her death was... Yeah, claiming that her death was an accident and that she had, again, this is 
we've all we've heard this so many times he basically blamed her that he, she came on to him and that they went oh, for a yeah. walk and that they kissed and that they uh they I bet he looks like up a together. piece of shit as well like oh yeah this 17 year old student she saw you lurking in the bushes and just couldn't help herself don't yeah. talk shit <laughs> no he looks like a blob that's what he yeah. looks like <laughs> Just a non-existent, non. Um, he looks like word? a sexual offending blob. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's like he looks like a just a regular. What is nondescript? That's the yeah. word I'm looking for. Just like a generic man. <laughs> yeah, which to me, I I hate that because I could be looking at someone like that in a pub, and then they start talking to me, and I. I just don't like it. I need to see something sinister in their face for me to be like, I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. And it's just like the fucking goal to be like, oh, right. yeah, this fucking probably gorgeous 17 year old student who she is was, away from yeah. home, had friends to meet, and doesn't yeah. speak English very well. She saw right. your fat ass in the bushes and was like, oh, yeah, go get me some of that. Like, are you fucking, st like, how stupid? Right. It's just the really if annoying rape situation where they're like, prove it was rape. Yeah. And there, hold on, I'm just looking for it now. So you can go look up the article, Manuela Accused says her death was, in quotes, an accident. That's what the article is called from the Galway Advertiser. And you can read everything that he said in court, which was a condensed version of what I'm telling you now, which is him saying like, oh, I didn't mean to and I hid her body and I just thought that was the best thing to do and I thought the best thing to do was just to lie and that it would just go away. So that's okay. what he was saying in court. So it's the rough the sex defense. Yeah, right. It's the rough sex defense that raises its ugly head, like, yeah, again. Yeah. And the other thing that, back to like how he looks and how I don't trust <laughs> people who just look normal is... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stand on a soapbox a little bit. This is what women have to deal with all the time where if a man says something to you where they think it's a compliment or says something about your looks or whatever, a woman, we don't know if that is a sinister comment that leads to some danger or if that's just a comment and they're trying to be complimentary and that... You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, of course. Like, that's as a woman, why we you, are. Yeah, you have to yeah. constantly have your fucking asshole clenched when you leave the house in case. Right. You're just on guard constantly. Right. Yes. If you hear footsteps, if someone fucking taps you on the shoulder, anything. Like, right. I remember we went to a gig recently and um, it was a unisex toilet. So a guy walked out of the cubicle. He was probably, like, in his 40s, like, kind of good-looking, dressed nice. Like, he didn't look creepy or anything. Mm. But he said to yeah. me, um, oh, I love your hair colour. And I was like, oh, mm. thanks. But I thought, bit creepy in a toilet? Yeah. Couldn't have saved that for downstairs? I was like, eee. I'm only okay no with it. No speaking in the toilets. Don't address me in the toilet. Like, would <laughs> no. be the best way to go. I know you're only being right. nice, but, like, it just feels but really confined again, in here. You don't. You don't know if he's only being nice. That's what I'm saying. We don't know. Yeah, I'm just going off of gut. 
I'm just literally right. going off of like he tried to make it sound the least lascivious he could in his yeah. tone of voice. Still, save it for the gig. Be conscious about making women feel safe if you are yeah. a man. Yeah. That is that. Well, just think it. Um, I don't need to hear it. <laughs> a woman can tell exactly. me my hair looks nice all day long. You don't, we don't need to hear your compliments all the time. If we're together, yes, but. If you're my boyfriend, save, save it. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you're yes. a stranger, I feel threatened or I'm assessing whether I want to have sex with you or not if I am single. And if the answer's <laughs> no, I feel threatened. <laughs> Even if the answer's yes, you're still assessing whether it's a danger or not. Yeah, exactly. So this is like the worst flow diagram and most things yeah. end up in careful. <laughs> right. Danger. Danger zone. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're back at trial. So... Barry pled not guilty, claiming that her death was an accident after they had kissed. In his words, he said he held on to her. He he had put an arm around her because she said she wanted to go. And he was like, don't go yet. This is what he was saying. And he put an arm around her neck. And that the next thing that he knew, she slid to the ground. And oh, he fuck shook off. her for response and he said that her her head just like flopped to the side dude and you're so, not the hulk but i've never heard he said, such a cock and bull story <laughs> it's such bullshit to also believe that you think this is what you're gonna yeah, get the, away with yeah like the goal to even like you should be embarrassed to say that story out loud exactly so he said when she had not responded he dragged her body to where it was found and he put a coat over her and a rock. And I mean, clearly that just shows that you are guilty if you're trying to hide her face. Mm -hmm. um, one of the items he had taken was a camera that she had owned and the police had developed the pictures. So clearly no. it was her camera, which was found in his home when police raided and arrested him. So just okay. to say like that you was further proof. Yeah, yeah exactly. Barry was sentenced to life in prison. You, sir, may fuck off where yeah. he resides at Midlands Prison to this day in Portleash in Ireland. Good. And that is where most of the, like, really bad criminals in Ireland, that's where they stay. Yeah, and they don't like rapists in prison. And they don't like nope. people who murder women. The only people worse than that is pedophiles. Yeah. Like, sexual criminals have their own, usually have their own separate wing. Because yeah. it's, it's not safe. Actually, that's a good point. I, she was 17, although I think the age of consent in Ireland is 16. So technically, just to say, like, was he a pedophile? I don't know. 17 is still very young, no matter what. I mean, how old is in he? Do you know? 29. He was oh, 29 that's at nice. The time. Yeah. Fuck me. Still living with your parents as well. You fucking loser. <laughs> that's quite common in Ireland. In October 2009, two short years after Manuela's death, Arlette and Hans-Peter Rado returned to Galway and the west of Ireland as guests of honor of a fundraising concert in memory of their oh. daughter. As with their wishes, all money raised that night and in every subsequent event that have been spent in Galway uh, funding professional services who help young victims of sexual violence and rape. So they both set up 
uh, the Manuela Rado Foundation in Ireland to raise awareness of and prevent sexual crime in the country. Um, mm-hmm. This was their daughter's legacy. It helps to fund charities and agencies who provide support to victims of rape and sexual violence. So they raise money for that. They've come back to Ireland many times. And they've said, like, they don't they don't hate Ireland. I think if I were a parent with that experience, I'd be like, I'm never going back there again. But uh, quite a few articles have said that they've come back. They've made like lifelong friends and they continue to raise money to provide sexual assault education and help for sexual assault survivors. So that is the story and legacy of Manuel Laredo in Galway City in Ireland. Oh, right. That was a great story. I've never heard it before. And it's nice to cover a country that we haven't covered yet. I don't think we haven't covered Ireland yet, have we? No, I don't think so. And uh, technically it is under, well, Northern Ireland is under the umbrella of UK. So maybe you could explore more stories. Under British rule. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They fucking fucking hate us over there. (laughs) But yeah, exploring more stories um, in that part of the world. Maybe we will return to it since I did grow up there a little bit and I have family there. So uh, yeah, that's a little bit of crime in Ireland. I'd love to know if we have Irish listeners and if they have I'm any, sure we do. any disputes of what I said over the course yeah. of this episode. Because <laughs> you want an argument. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, if I said anything wrong... Or that didn't align with how generally the Irish uh, are. If if you want to let us know, I I still want to know that. Rach, yeah. I think you're I think you're well within your rights to have an opinion, <laughs> given that you grew up there and you've been there fucking recently. Like, it's okay. Yeah. But yeah, we are always open to um, constructive criticism or opinions that you guys want to tell us. And Talissa. Flying from Bristol to Galway City is like 50 bucks. So you I can know, right? go there for a weekend. I know, I'm gonna. <laughs> I've used on my holiday this year. Otherwise, I would be. I love a little go like f- quick English trip. Yeah. Friday night, come back Sunday morning. It's like us going to Vegas. Yeah, it's it's uh, super handy. I live so close to the airport as well. So yeah, um, that yeah. sort of thing is definitely doable. But I've yeah. kind of like run out of friend tokens being like hey do you want to do like this for a weekend you know because everyone's like all right i'm not your husband like i'm only right. gonna come on holiday with you like once a year oh i'll go on holiday with you it's Thanks, just a shame pal. that you're so far away well isn't that the story of our lives yeah we'll go to belize yeah all right well thanks so much for listening this week everybody and again if you want to follow us on tiktok then please do you can laugh at my attempts although i think they're all right they are pretty good thanks pal (laughs) and um yeah you can also uh rate us five stars on spotify or apple we will love you forever okay have a great weekend well have a great week and we'll speak to you soon bye hope you had a great silly sunday Bye. Thanks for listening to Transatlantic Crime this week. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Transat Crime Pod, Instagram at Transatlantic Crime, and on Facebook with Transatlantic Crime Podcast. Thanks. Bye.